What color is it now? Am I still red and yellow? It's red and yellow, red and yellow. White. Oh, well. For now, I guess. All right, well. Maybe, maybe you did it. Guess we'll see. Uh, it has been a while since I've sat in this here chair. I know, I know. Feels Actually, like it's more of an ottoman, but gets the job done. That's right, for sitting purposes. Hashtag target. Um, <laughs> so, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Full Impact after what seemed probably very long hiatus although we did give you a super cool bonus episode last week so if you haven't listened to that and you're like oh what should i do for the next two hours um listen to that episode we had some very special guests um so yeah but don't yeah worry. we want to yeah we want to thank those guys again for their time it was really it was a fun interview you guys should really check it out yeah I'll, i'm talking now allison come on Wait, all right sorry gosh throwing me off my game here. <laughs> Kidding. Um, but we are back, as promised, to give you the second half of our coverage of Evangelion 2.22. You cannot advance. I am your host, Nicholas, and with me, as always, is the other host, the tenacious Allison. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. I thought we would start off this episode answering a fan question who actually emailed us um, quite a while ago, but I unintentionally neglected to address his question on the podcast, so I figured now would be a good time to do that in case anyone else has the same question um, as he. Uh, This comes from William. I don't know where he's from, but maybe I do know where he's from, actually. Hmm. No. Maybe. Anyways. Let us know where you're from. I know he's in the U.S. (laughs) But, anyways, his question was... He was wondering where... Since humanity is the 18th angel and the direct descendant of Lilith, where does that leave other life on Earth slash the theory of evolution? Are humans not products of natural selection in this world, or is all life a descendant of Lilith, but humans are the end form? I'd love to know your thoughts on all of this. And being that we are very kind and gracious hosts, I answered him semi-promptly, to the best of our knowledge. Um, And we went on to say that we would guess that uh, considering that um, if we use the information from that Evangelion 2 game that we talked about briefly and the information that comes from that, if we use that, then we know that Lilith's moon arrived on Earth very shortly after Adam's, which was about 4.6 billion years ago, and life started thereafter from the Primordial Sea, and we know that they reference the Primordial Sea when instrumentality starts, um, when all the souls are collected back into LCL. Um, therefore, I think we can go on to say, and I think it may actually be confirmed in, in uh, briefly in like a quick little sentence that um, evolution does exist and that all life on Earth is indeed a product of Lilith and that humanity is simply the end result. 
So there, it's nice to have a very cut and dry answer, especially in this world where there are very many unanswered questions. Yes. Black and white where there is a lot of gray. Indeed. Indubitably. But uh, now we can we can jump right in. And thanks. Thanks for the, the questions. We appreciate it. And if you'd like your question read on our podcast, I believe you know where to find us at Full Impact Podcast at gmail.com. That is, that is where we have the email, indeed. <sighs> Let's get to it. Let's do it, yep. So make sure that if you're listening that you already listened to the first half of this episode where we cover the first half of the movie. This is for the second half of Evangelion 2.22. We start off um, right after the like midpoint title card for the movie. Um, so just make sure you're in the right spot. Would you like to kick us off? Uh, yeah, so we come in on um, Miss Masato, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken, right? Sure, that sounds right. <laughs> and uh, we're under attack again. And well, I thought that it, maybe I waited to, doesn't it start with um, the Nerf branch in Nevada going... Plurts and nothing. Possibly. I let you start it off. I know. I was then, ill prepared. Normally, you're the one that starts off, so you're just switching I, up the game. On I me. guess that is, that is my fault. That's, that's on me. <laughs> you can't I, just throw curveballs at me this far into the game. <laughs> it's hard because the notes for these are well, for one, they're movies, so they're long. And, Correct. Um, it's more difficult to pause and play. Um, it's not as convenient, and also I don't get to watch along anymore. True. So it's, the notes taking are different. Plus, um, you know, a good part of this movie is still pretty in line with the show. Um, so there's not as much to talk about quite yet. Um, but I think we start off with the big explosion or implosion of sorts over the Nerf branch in Nevada. Correct. Um, and we get confirmation that Ava Unit 4 and Branch 2 have been annihilated. Um, and they go on and they give a little bit more info about that they were testing a new engine on Unit 4. And Kaji poses the question, was it really an accident? Right, because then, we do get a, a scene of Gloves and Number 2 talking together about what was going down, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Um, and I think shortly after that is when we see Unit 3 sporting, still sporting beautiful Toji colors um, being transported through the big old storm on its giant crucifix. Yeah, it is pretty dope the way that it comes out, like, and it does, like a cross, and the way that, that it just starts to, you know, pan down is pretty, pretty cool. It is cool. Um, and one thing I wondered is... I I mean maybe I'm just you know losing losing my shit here, but I believe that the branch that um, explodes was in Nevada. But then when they're showing Ava Unit Three being um, transported, it seems to be um, being transported from somewhere that's very desert-like um, with mountains, and so I'm wondering. Uh, are there two branches 
in desert areas I don't know about now, or have they changed the locations? What's what's shaking? It's possible. It's possible that this is one of the ways that they skew from the series, and maybe that's what we're thinking of, and it just referenced something different. I mean, maybe. I'd like to know. Unfortunately, all I have is this little Blu-ray booklet. <laughs> Yeah, because it does. I, I do. I do recall it being very desert-like. Yeah, so I know that at least in in Even. this TV series, Unit Three is transported from uh, Branch One. Um, and obviously we know that Branch Two is the one that got um, destroyed in this little. Testerino. Testerino. Indeed. Thank you for the technical term. You're welcome. I was searching for. That's what I'm here for. Um, so, yeah, I'm wondering. I have to get back on that. I'm trying to find where it says, gives us the location of all the branches, but it's not, it's not jumping out at me, unfortunately. So I might have to circle back to that. Maybe I'll have you rant a bit about something. We'll flip over that stone. Yeah, when I get on a roll about something, then you can yeah you can hit the research button. Um, also, there's I'd like to see that um, the branch that they're moving it from also has a cool Nerf pyramid. So it just makes me happy. And I wonder, I'm assuming that theirs is just like, like obviously they don't have the geofront. So theirs is just like an underground base without the cool Garden of Eden-esque look above ground. They're just in Death Valley. <laughs> But still, a pretty cool facility nonetheless. Yes, indeed. Um, We switch it up a little bit. Um, We find out that Toji's sister is doing better. Um, We get some talk about possible different pilots. Um, And we get this little, very small scene of Mari um, watching birds fly in the sky. Mari is new girl. Mari is new girl. Pink pink suit, glasses, yep. likes to sing. And she Newbie. seems to be pretty fearless so far and kind of not as uh <laughs> what's the what's a good word? Uh somber as the rest of the kids. With the exception of Oscar, I suppose. Yeah. Um but she's not that like brooding, seems like she has a lot of, you know, deep issues right off the jump. But I'm sure once we see her character a bit more we'll find out something. Maybe. It's not even going without trauma. That is so. very true. That is very true. But maybe she'll be a step in a brighter direction. Who knows? Or just a different direction, you know? Maybe I mean, her trauma just hasn't happened yet. Correct. Very true. Very true. So many possibilities. Endless. Uh, so we go over to a Zila meeting featuring monoliths in a circle. Doing their little monthly book meeting. Um, I think they talk about Unit Zero being obsolete. Um... And that the true Evangelion will uh, show itself with the resurrection of Lilith. And we get mention of the Human Instrumentality Project. You know, their usual MO. They talk about their covenant again. Mm-hmm. Just some jargon. And Gloves is pushing for money 
um, like he basically outright asks for it um, for unit one. And they're like, no, no dice. We've got a different plan for that. And he's kind of sitting in the middle of all of them, you know, and I don't know. It's kind of like an interrogation, but not an interrogation at the same time. So I don't know. I, I it just see, it, it's funny to me when we see gloves in that environment because he's kind of the the low man on the totem pole when usually he's the one calling the shots so i kind of appreciate although zila seems like a very sinister organization i feel like it's it puts gloves in a totally different context than what we're used to seeing him so it's good for something i guess i guess yeah because i mean obviously he needs the funding to get his way to finish his project and make everything come to completion um and it's just i guess it's interesting to see how he makes do without um them giving him exactly what he wants and at the same time subverting their own plan unknowingly he is pretty good at being villainous (laughs) that's true although i mean if it's gendo versus zila i'm not sure which one's worse I mean, there's definitely a toss-up there, that's for sure. Because their intentions are different, I think. Um, But sinister nonetheless. Yes. And it's good to see that um, this whole meeting is taking place in a very large green room. I know. (laughs) I did notice that there were green screen. I'm like, what's with the green screen? Was he, like, virtually there and, like, now he's not? I don't know. I know. Is this, like, futuristic Zoom? Right? Um, The Zoom before there was Zoom? (laughs) Um, but following the meeting, Fyutsuki, aka number two, and Gendo hypothesize that Zila is using Unit 6, or going to use Unit 6 as a true god, and they therefore need to speed up the awakening of Ava Unit 1, which would probably be difficult, considering they just got denied funding for their lemonade stand, so. No money for you. Yeah, we have to... Spice things up a little. Put a little pressure on that uh, old piece of coal they call Shinji. Light <laughs> <laughs> a fire up under his ass. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're moving. This second half of the movie moves pretty pretty fast. There's a lot of a lot of big scenes. I mean, honestly, there's like three pretty huge fights yeah. in the entirety of this film. Yeah, we're very battle scene heavy in in this portion of the movie. And and yeah, there is very little uh, extraneous stuff happening. It's pretty straightforward in in that we're seeing mostly battles, which, let's just be clear, are pretty fucking awesome. They are really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, to to go from watching the series and, and the limitations of their animation and then, you know, you go years later and now you've got so many more tools and and possibilities for, you know, how you're going to lay this out. And it's just, you, you can take a totally new approach to it. And I think they've modernized it. It looks like super cool. A lot of the neon glowing stuff. Um, the, a lot of the intricacies of the angels just makes it a lot more interesting and cool to watch those battles, in my opinion. In my humble co-host opinion. Yes, very humble. Very humble. Um... <laughs> I forgot. I'm, I'm I'm mixing my fictional history terms with my nonfiction history terms. Um, but we see that they're putting away Ava Unit Two 
um, because they are importing Unit 3 from the U.S. And due to that one policy, uh, I forgot. It's like a treaty or an accord. Accord, I, I think. I can't remember I, I, the I think... name of the city. The American city? No, no. It, it's, oh. I think it's either Versailles or like Paris or something. Oh, okay. Let's go with Versailles. Because they, 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 they talked about it earlier, and I know that we brought it up on our first episode covering this movie, but I'm just, I'm at this very moment, I'm blanking on it. But I'm sure the fans oh, yeah. know. Anyways, political stuff says that you can only have three active at a time, and given that they don't technically own, uh, well, they don't technically have jurisdiction over uh, Unit 2 either, because that one's from Germany, then that one's being uh, put in storage for now. All right, so you can, basically, you can only play that with toys that belong to you. <laughs> yeah, and you can only have three, and if you're not playing, you can... once you get more, you have to give one away to your younger brother. Okay, we gotta share. Uh, but shortly following that, we have the <laughs> infamous elevator scene, 2.0. Are you talking and I can't hear you? Yeah, we're back. Sorry. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Um, folks, if we have any technical difficulties, um, just blame Allison. Okay, blame me. Uh, it's uh, it's entirely her fault. I'd welcome the emails, and then I can pass them on to the customer service of like, my internet provider. If you're like, wow, Allison's really quiet this episode. Maybe she's sneezing or coughing or something. No, her internet just <laughs> Must be allergy season. <laughs> Either that or I just said something offensive or not funny, and she's trying to figure out how to respond. But anyways, yeah. so well, we have the elevator scene. I don't know if you caught gonna... me bringing that up before our predicament. Right. Uh, no, but I'm glad you did. Yes. Um, I thought it was, yeah, the awkward elevator scene like we had seen previously. But much shorter and slightly different. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Did you hear the sigh? Did you hear the eye roll? I did get. I did internet. catch the sigh. <laughs> I hope you hear that internet provider, and I hope you hear it on the platform too, so that you know that I'm. Maybe I'll just talk as though I'm by myself, and then when your internet does come in, you can just you know throw a one liner or something. Be like, uh, "What's Perfect. his face from Conan O'Brien, the dude that's on the side?" <laughs> Andy. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Oh goodness, yes. I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah. Or for those people who are old enough to remember, uh Johnny Carson and his I've I've looked at our demographics. Anyway, I don't know anyone's because I'm gonna that. cut out in a minute anyway. <laughs> don't think anyone's getting that. Well, ask your parents. <laughs> so Ed McMahon. <laughs> Publisher's clearinghouse. He used to be on there. Whatever. All right, stop. <laughs> too many, too many outdated references. <laughs> We're covering a show that's already 23 years old or 24 years old. <laughs> Good point. Point taken. All right, so the main difference in the elevator scene 
um, is basically when Asuka goes to slap Ray, Ray catches her hand and stops her from slapping. And this is a small difference that I much prefer over the original one. I think it's gives a nice little edge to Ray. Uh, and especially that she doesn't take the opportunity to retort or lash back out at her, but rather she cares enough about herself to enact self-preservation when someone's going to hit her. Which I don't think, well, obviously we see in... I don't think old Ray would have done that, but this is a more developed Ray who has a better sense of humanity. Uh, I also think, too, that it also helps Asuka build a boundary. You know, she's she was so slap happy with everybody. It's about time somebody, you know, got the jump on her and said, no, it's not cool that you're going around assaulting people. Like, and that someone was quick enough and had the reflexes and was on her level to anticipate that. And I think the look on her face kind of says it all that, you know, oh, well, you're not just this little order taking doll. You really are going to stand up for yourself. And I think that that's that it does. It, it, it's a huge it changes the whole mood of the scene, you know, changing it in that way. I totally wholeheartedly agree with that. And, you know, we, Asuka, you know, calls her a doll like before. I don't think that we get the line about Asuka saying that if Gendo ordered her to kill herself or jump off a bridge or a cliff or whatever, that she would do that. I don't think that one was in this movie. I don't think it was either. I, I think she... Well... Because she does say something She does about, call her a doll. But yeah, I don't she, think she brings up that specific... Um, example. About Gendo her. specifically? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like she might mention him, but I don't know if she gives, like, a specific order. Or you just say what... You just do whatever you're told or you're... Yeah. Just, or something like that. Yeah, but I do think they took out that line. So we have Ray catching the slap. We have the absence of that line. And I think I think that, that line's gone because in this TV series, Ray wanted to die. So she would do that if Gendo ordered her. Whereas in this one, she I don't think she wants to die at this point. Maybe before Shinji showed up, but she's had some pretty good character progress since then and I don't think that she's at that point so I don't think it would have made sense um, to use that line yeah that's a good point um, but instead of Asuka leaving the elevator in a rush in a huff and puff she asks Ray about Shinji and basically asks if you know she likes him and Ray doesn't quite understand the question <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, first she says, you know, how do you feel about the idiot? And she's like, wait a minute, who? <laughs> He's like, you know, the idiot, Shinji. And, the one and only. Yeah, I, I was wondering, I mean, I think from Asuka's point of view, it's a loaded question. And from Ray's point of view, it's a loaded answer. You know, she's she's asking her, I think, to gauge what her reaction is and also to find out, you know, what side she's on, basically. Um, and I think Ray's, because I think Ray answers that, you know, I would do anything to make Shinji, what, laugh or feel warm inside, I think is the way she describes it. Yeah, um, 
Yeah. So I think, um, you know, their motivations are different and their feelings about Shinji are different, but their answers and questions, I think, have a lot of underlying feelings there. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in, in asking this question, Asuka inadvertently helps Ray get to this understanding that she does have feelings for Shinji and she wasn't even capable of recognizing them up until that very point. Right. Right. Um, and then I think, I mean, after that, I think it just, we cut off and we switched to a different, different scene. I believe we're, uh, Shinji, right? Laying in his room, wondering about the dinner party. Yep, yep, he's just doing his shinchy thing. <laughs> Staring at his ceiling, listening to his Walkman. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Wondering if his dad is going to show up to this dinner party. Yeah, little does he know. Because let's let's refresh, too. Wasn't it Ray's idea to gather everybody together with Gendo included? Or was it just Gendo, her, and Shinji? I don't remember. I think it's everybody. I think she wants... Yeah, she wanted, like, the whole group um, to get together. And I think, you know, Shinji's both kind of apprehensive about this and excited about it um, because he is. He's looking, he's, he's like, really, really looking for a relationship with his father, I think, hopefully outside of the piloting of the Ava environment. But I don't think Gloves is, is really feeling that. No, but, I mean, obviously we see later on, and without spoiling, I mean, everybody's watched it, but we see that he was indeed going to attend this dinner party, which mm-hmm. is so great, I think, or it could have been at least a step in the right direction, but also so sad since, you know, everything goes down the toilet after that. I mean, I'm really kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see a dinner party with Me all those too. peeps together. That would have been a really interesting round table with all of those characters in one place sharing a meal. I think that would have been a really interesting scene and scenario. You know, like what kind of conversation would have taken place? All right. So I don't just to go go back to our little branch um, thing here. Right. Um, just as I thought, at least in the TV series here, uh, in the TV series, Branch 1 was in Massachusetts, and that's where Ava 3 comes from in the TV series, but we don't see the ground, we just see him flying into the storm, and Branch 2 is in Nevada, which is where we saw the explosion, um, in both the series and, um, in the rebuild films. But considering that we see this like desert area, well, I guess maybe maybe the second impact fucked up Massachusetts. I guess that could be it. Yeah. I mean, there's. If it's a constant, like, if you're only experiencing a single season in Japan, then I imagine the whole world's also in one season. I don't know what season. Massachusetts would be, and I don't know if they'd also be in summer. They might be. Maybe eternal summer would make Massachusetts a wasteland. I mean, it is. Parts of Massachusetts are close to water or, you know, the ocean borders a little bit. So, you know, it could be the the ocean receding just back into the East Coast. Yeah, and I don't know if, I don't know how far the Adirondacks go or if there's a different mountain range or if the whole geography, uh, 
yeah, geography was changed. Um, but Depending that could be... Yeah. It could be a way of explaining why there's a freaking desert, supposedly, <laughs> in Massachusetts. <laughs> Maybe whoever created it has never been in Massachusetts. <laughs> Didn't realize it wasn't a desert. Perhaps not. They're like, no, they're not going to ask these questions. Let's move on. It's a single scene. Come on. they got better things to do. Right. <laughs> um, but we see the dummy system being installed and it's it's got a little renovated look here yeah we definitely upgraded yeah it's black well the plug itself is like black and green very sleek and like futuristic looking whereas the old one was just what just like white and red gray and red pretty basic yeah yeah so i'm glad that they're you know at least trying to be fashionable now Mm. Kudos on the upgrade. Yes, and you know the notion that it's perhaps more humane than using human pilots comes up, mm-hmm. and I guess it could be if you ignore, you know, traumatizing children <laughs> while I mean, also using the dummy plug at the same time. <laughs> there's that. Yeah, I mean, there's that. Sure. <laughs> If he just has to watch, it's it's not as bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is it, though? I mean, I don't know. I kind of think it's worse. Or better yet, in this one, he couldn't even see what was happening. It was all red around him. He could just hear everything. So. And I assume feel it as well. Yeah. So. Savage. Um, Misato's having a little drinky drink with Kaji. I think she's had more than one drinky drink <laughs> based on her behavior. Yeah. <laughs> I think Saki bombs were flying that night. And she is full, just shooting questions about things that she's that are above her pay grade. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, she's talking about the dummy plug. She's asking about Zila. She's asking about the Internetality Project. She's asking about the inner workings of Nerf. Just like everything. The only thing she didn't bring up is Adam. It's like the only other... (laughs) And Lilith. They gotta leave something out. Yeah. Everything else. She's like, what's this? What's this? (laughs) (laughs) I know. She was like rapid fire questions at him. She's slurring her words like, what about this Zilla thing? (laughs) And uh, Kashi's trying to sway her in a different direction a little bit. Yeah, and they they also, too, mention the kids in their conversation. And I think Misato says something interesting in that she's like, you know, we all have our battles. We all have our struggles. This just happens to be this kid, these kids' burdens. Like, we all carry burdens with us. We all have to do things that are difficult. And, you know, this this is their this is their challenge. And, you know, the other thing she she mentioned was, you know, do you really want to have these, you know, lethal weapons just being automatically piloted as opposed to having a real human being who's able to control it. And I thought that was, it was a very subtle drunk point, but it was, it was still something that's worth mentioning that, you know, that there is that, like, I mean, we have, you know, these unmanned missiles and things that can go in and, but you don't know what that technology can do. And sometimes you need to have a human behind that, you know, sometimes to make moral calls, you know, that, 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 a a computer or something automated couldn't do and i think that's that's what they're they're getting at with the, with having the kids be there despite their age 
Yeah, you need uh, someone with at least somewhat of a sense of morality behind the helm of that behemoth. Yeah. Um, I think... Add a little... Misato's ringtone is the sound that King Ghidorah makes in the old Godzilla films. I think that's a small <laughs> Easter egg. Um, I'm gonna take your word for it, but that's, so, that which, is quite quite a call if you called that. Um, I'll confirm later, but I'm okay. sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so they're getting ready to, you know, they're gonna start this the test of the new, the fancy new Ava with their sleek paint job, but they need someone to pilot it. Um, and Asuka volunteers to do so. And I think we can assume that she does so, so that Ray can have her dinner party with everybody else. Take him one for the team. Yeah, and I, well, I think that... I don't think she wanted to be there in the first place. So I think she's that's an ulterior motive. But um, she also says that she doesn't know what to do with herself if she's not a pilot. Like, she makes that subtle comment. So any opportunity that she has to pilot it, no matter what unit she's flying or, you know, piloting, um, she wants to be there. And I think that's her bigger motivator. But I think bonus, she uh, doesn't have to go to this lame dinner party with stupid Shinji and Dalray. (laughs) Yeah, but we know that Asuka also has feelings for Shinji. True. So, I don't know. If I were her, I'd at least want to be there to show how much better I am than Ray. But, yeah, but it might be difficult for her to see now I mean, that she knows <laughs> that she, that she does have, you know, some feelings for Shinji. That's got to be difficult for her to go and see, you know. Perhaps, perhaps. I'd like to think that this is just a nice Asuka doing a nice thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's not it's not unreasonable to think that. I think too that that you know in these rebuild movies, Asuka's a lot more tame attitude-wise than she was in the series, and maybe it's because we see her a little bit more. I'm not really sure, but I feel like this is kind of a watered-down version of Asuka, you know, in comparison to the series. Yeah, this isn't Asuka Langley Soryu. This is Asuka Langley Shikinami, and she's a different totally character. different incarnation. That's right. Um, and I think we would, it would be, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the absence of Toji piloting this new Ava instead. Yes. I feel like, I feel like they could have done it. Obviously they go in a different direction in the future with the other films, but I feel like if they wanted to use Toji, they even if they didn't add any extra scenes, I think they could have done it, but even with just a couple short added scenes with Toji, I think they could have gotten the reaction that we get in the original series. Um, and I'm wondering if you prefer Toji or Asuka being in this Ava. Um, I don't know that I have a preference, but I see... It, it gives a different take on what happens. With Toji, I think when it happens to him, it's... More traumatic because he 
didn't really seem to be that into it. He was kind of like forced into it, had to do it, knew what it, it cost his sister. So there was a lot of, you know, conflict in him. With Asuka, she was gung-ho ready to do it. So she put herself in that position knowing that, you know, she could potentially, something could potentially happen. Toji had never been in one before, so he didn't have those kind of expectations. Now, on the flip side of that, I feel like the relationship between Asuka Asuka and Shinji makes it a more difficult scene than it was with between Toji and Shinji. That's just my opinion. You think, I'm sorry, can you repeat that very last part? You think that the Asuka one makes it more difficult? In a, yeah, in a different way, because we know the feelings that Asuka has for Shinji and that Shinji has for Asuka, so I think it, it makes it a little different. Plus, they're both pilots with experience. I see. I see. I, oh my gosh, freaking Siri thinks I'm trying to talk to her. All I said was, I see, and Siri's <laughs> over here ready to help out. Um, I think I'm, I'm inclined Always to, listening. I like, I miss the Toji being in it. I miss it for um, him doing it just to help his sister and... The inner conflict of him from the very beginning of the show having this, um, you know, distaste for the Evangelions and, um, you know, the aftermath that they leave behind. Um, furthermore, we don't get that little, like, triage of the shot on Ava 3 mixed with Toji shooting hoops by himself and uh, class rep making food for Toji at home. You know, at the end that episode before, you know, shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I miss, I miss, I miss that. But given this new direction, I, I get why they made it Asuka instead, especially with this little this dinner party um, storyline that they conjured up. Yes. Yeah. Um, but. As Asuka is on the way to the test testing at Mount, what, Mount Tashiro? Mount Tashiro, yep. Um, Ray's getting ready for her party. Um, she calls Asuka and thanks her. And Asuka smiles. Adding support to my hypothesis that she was doing it just to be nice. <laughs> Well, that was subtle. <laughs> All right, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Um, in breaking news, um, departing from the airplane, we have Ritsko in casual clothes and a sun yeah, hat. A sun hat. That hat was where it's at. Like, where are you coming from? <laughs> and also, like, when you're what, getting off a plane, is a hat a really good idea? How does it not, like, fly off? That seems what are we, a little this, bit... Jurassic Park, The Lost World? Come on. Right? Come on. Get your facts straight. Get some practicality. Put your damn lab coat on. <laughs> That's your name. That's lab right. coat. Lab coat. Throw a headband up there, but you're not wearing a hat. You have a sun hat on? You're not even smoking? Come on. Do you even <laughs> know your character? Jeez. <laughs> Who is in charge of costumes? My God. Um, but I like 
the scenery shots that we have here of um, where Misato and Ritsuko are and the test site way off in the distance there um, gives a nice well-rounded understanding of what we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. This quaint little town next little to Matsushiro. Uh, adjacent to this large testing facility. Um, and we get the, I mean, like, I hate this suit that Asuka wears. It's so bad. She hates it too. I'm glad she does. And I understand the purpose of it. And, you know, I'm not against fan service in and of itself. Um, but this one is just so over the top and very weird and it just doesn't look comfy either where the seams are no not having i feel like i don't know like and the weird like see-through at the top with like the bra thing underneath it just wasn't it it looks like an outfit from the fifth element or something like that yeah yeah it didn't yeah it didn't or it looked like something that like an 80s wrestler would wear or something i don't know i don't know but but that little changing room that she's in, that like little pod that she's got all of her the little stuff elevator. In. Yeah, that's thing. dope. Like it's like a, a little like dressing room it's elevator. Like, a, like a lift up to yeah. a, like a ski lift or lift to a mountaintop. But it looked like she had like like because they show like her doll in there and like mm-hmm. a lot of her personal effects. So it's got to be like her own personalized one, or at least she made it that way, which I think was I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Got her creepy doll, for sure. And she's in there trying to, like, you know, and she's talking about how, you know, she's trying to convince herself that she doesn't mind not going to this dinner party. And, yes, she did it to be nice, but I think there's a a part of her that she's like, oh, I don't really need people. I don't need any of that. And in a way, she's kind of trying to convince herself of it because I think deep down she kind of really did want to go. But I'd want to go. The drama that would unfold on that dinner party? I would love to be at that dinner party. Second, I mean, only to, uh, second only to Michael Scott's dinner party, would I want to be at that dinner party? <laughs> I mean, this dinner party might have a guest appearance by Pen Pen. So, right? I don't know. I know. I could talk, you know, cellular structure with Ray. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to talk about with Asuka. <laughs> German food. German. There we go. Some bratwurst or something. I don't know. Latkes. <laughs> um... But, I mean, this, very shortly after this is, you know, Asuka gets in the angel and, uh, Nick gets in the angel, gets in the Ava that is the angel, and mm-hmm. it takes over, and that's where everything, you know, all the shit hits the fan. Ray gets informed, you know, the big, big blue explosion, which is different from before. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a big blue explosion yet. We have not. Um... One of the things, too, that was kind of, like, right before, um, you know, the, the shit hit the fan, Asuka realized that she could laugh, right? Didn't she, like, laugh real quick, and then all of a sudden, boom, shit went down. Yeah, she was having this nice little conversation with me saddle. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Wrong. Like she, <laughs> yeah, and, like, she finally realized, because 
It's like, here she was going on and on about not really needing or wanting other people in her space. Yeah, here she is talking to Masada like little girl talk, and it made her feel better. She even said, this conversation made me feel a lot better. And she hangs up and she laughs, and then, boom, it all gets taken right away from her, which I thought was a really shitty, you know, that's really... Yeah, no. so high and so low, but I guess that's just part they of the They say, you know happiness for Asuka, no dinner party... Shinji's already sad, so we don't need to change anything with him. Yeah, and Just, now, now no dinner party. So no dinner party. Um, I want to give kudos to Gendo's driver, who whipped that thing like a G. <laughs> yeah, Tokyo drift yeah. style. He does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's sad seeing Ray getting notified about the explosion and her food bubbling over on the pot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what's different about with, with this angel, which and they refer to this is the ninth angel, um, is that when the confrontation happens, you know, where the angel doesn't have to get through Asuka and Rei to get to Shinji. We don't have this buildup of, you know, what happened to Unit 2, what happened to Unit 0. Um, it's just him and Shinji, and it's just him watching it come over to him. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> I'm not saying I prefer one or the other because there are just there are differences between the two. But I miss the I like the like build up of like oh this thing just took out Asuka in Unit Two like that and we don't even know how and now it's coming for Shinj. But anyways, All right. Shinji's obviously, you know, he's playing the same, the same plan as before. He's not gonna attack it because he, you know, deduces that the entry plug's still in there. Therefore, um, Asuka's still in there, um, so he's not gonna fight. Mm-hmm. And do you notice that, like, when all this is going down and you know everybody's being rallied together, all of a sudden Gendo just lifts up like out of almost out of the floor and just starts like throwing orders at everybody. Like, it's almost like he appears out of nowhere. I don't know. I, I, I just want to stand on his little mini one-person elevator platform thing that rises <laughs> from the ground. It kind of reminds me of Dr. Evil's chair. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. like... <laughs> so, yeah. If I were to get Gendo a gift, I would give him freaking sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads. <laughs> I think he would freaking love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, as the angel is assaulting Unit One, um, just you know, to add, what's the what's the phrase? Insult to insult to injury. Injury. There it is. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This is why I pay you the big bucks. That's right. That's what I'm here for. Um, it so- forms another set of arms, so it now has four arms. Um, just going ham on Unit One, and obviously. Shinji's just chilling. Not he's not gonna fight back because he doesn't want to hurt Asuka. Mm-hmm. And Gendo's like, fine. <laughs> if you won't, I will. Yeah, he's like, press play on a dummy plug. 
Yeah, and I thought it was funny. <laughs> Interesting segue. Uh, it said side B. So it was almost like, you know, the Ava pilots are side A, dummy plug, side B. Side B. And, and side B Ava. is never better. <laughs> and a new look, too. You know, it's, yeah. it goes, it's got this, like, almost scorpion tail, like, uh, appended appendage thing and it goes over appendage. that goes over his head um and it's got that same like slick black and green uh uh paint job style thing um and when it activates and like I mentioned before uh it's all red around Shinji so he doesn't know what's happening. He just he just gets to hear everything. So, and I don't know if he still feels everything because I don't know if when they activate the dummy plug, if his neural connection gets cut, or if it just remains active. Because um, maybe it needs to remain active so that Unit One will you know use the dummy plug. Otherwise, it might call BS um, on it. But either way, um, we get this nice calming and unbefitting song that starts playing over it this is amazing like a minute the minute it starts and then you hear the music that is it, you're like did someone make a mistake like, <laughs> it's they uh, the wrong song? <laughs> it's just like um calm sister todd which is the big long song at uh the end of end of evangelion when everyone's turning to lcl and it's like mm-hmm. they just like love throwing these like happy calm songs so it just give this eerie feeling when put up against the, you know, brutality that's taking place on screen. It's a very interesting juxtaposition. Ooh. Clap, clap, clap. There's there's your, there's your vocab word for the day. (laughs) Very nice. Um, and I I don't know if any of you, um, depending on how you, you view these movies, um, I was watching the um, the subtitles were showing what the lyrics were, what mm-hmm. they were singing. And uh, the last line of the song is, till the day we meet again. So again, it's fitting for what's happening, but <laughs> it's a very nice sentiment. Meanwhile, there's like a massacre going on. So it's really an interesting contrast. Yeah, and for those of you who have seen the third movie, um, and obviously most of you have watched, you know, the rest of the second movie. Um, but if you combine those two things, um, taking into account Shinji and Asuka's relationship and, um, how they, and how and when they see each other, this is like a big splitting off point. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to that. This is, you know, that's for another episode. <laughs> Um, and, and, like, the thing is with these battle scenes is they're so great and nasty. Um, and they're wonderful for for me, maybe for us, because uh, when these fight scenes happen, for the most part, I just get to sit back and watch. Because I really can't... I can't put it in the words. Yep. I um, agree. It's just as wonderfully gory as the TV series one is. And I'm really digging the music that they put over it. So I'm really glad they did that. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I especially, you know, from a viewing standpoint, you're right. You're not worried about, you know, what they're talking about, what the plan is, what's going on. It's just pure battle scene. And I think, you know, just the the animation, all the it's just great. It's great. 
Um, what more can I say? Instead of it getting crushed in the hand, uh, the angel or unit one um, bites the entry plug with Oscar. Right instead. in the middle, too. Like, yeah. right in the middle. And again, not to be nitpicky, <laughs> but if we're wondering if or how she could possibly survive. Again, the little their little seat moves up and down that plug, depending on a variety of factors. So I suppose if she was on one end or close to one end, she could, in theory, survive. Or when the mouth chomps down, she's like in the tongue area, that you know, like too. cover so that she's not getting like yeah crushed, but she's like in that safe tongue dip. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, we, you know, we see that she's, later, she's not doing great. She's seen better days, but yeah. she is alive. And I believe they, I believe they mentioned that she's in quarantine, right? Yeah, they have her like in this, they have like, her separate. I, I took a note of it, where it when it pops up, so I'll just, I'll just wait till we get there. I don't know where it is, but, yes. <laughs> um... We get word that, you know, Ritsuko and Misato are okay. Uh, we're waking up. Um, Shinji is atop the Nerf Pyramid in Unit 1 protesting. I love this scene, by the way. Like, I think, I don't know why, but, like, when he's got his foot and he's, like, banging on the top. Like, yes, it's kind of tantrum-y, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, but... Just to see Shinji growing some balls and using that Ava properly <laughs> and threatening them, you know, saying, do you realize that I, I can, being in this machine, I can take you guys all out, you know? And I feel like that's a different look on Shinji, and I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and he's not wrong. I mean, especially no, if he, he's not. he could freaking take everybody out. And frankly, uh, the rest of Nerv, you know, I mean, it was Gendo that was throwing out all these orders. You know, nobody in that room, every time he would, you know, when he activated the dummy plug, they're all kind of befuddled by what's happening. So they all know it. It's just they don't have control. Gloves is the only one that has control over this, you know, and that's frustrating. And Shinji, his reaction shows how frustrating it is. Yeah. And, you know, but unfortunately, you know, Gendo plays his his trump card like last time just jacks up that pressure and knocks that boy out yep lcl's that homie to death slides off the (laughs) the pyramid (laughs) yeah um and we get this you know the little another addition to this little train cart scene that you know we got a little bit of in the in the first movie or um and obviously we're familiar with it from the series, um, but it's much more, it's shorter and less meaningful. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but it's Shinji and Ray on the the train cart, chit-chatting. Um, and for one, you know... I think, I don't know if she has it in hand or, and then it moves, but I know that his cassette player is like off in the storage above head mm-hmm. of the chair. And at one point, uh, baby Shinji in striped shirt is also there. Mm-hmm. 
With his little suitcase. With his little suitcase, yeah. Um, and Shinji's talking about, you know, listening to, I think he's listening to his music, saying, you know, closes, closes off his ears, and close off his heart. Um, you know, and then they talk about, you know, that they're you know, replacing him with the dummy plug, um, so that, you know, his friends, uh, I'm sorry, maybe I'm misconstruing this, is he saying that they replace him with a dummy plug and then his friends get hurt, or that if they replace him with the dummy plug, then his friends won't get hurt? I think, I think the, the first one you said. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I and I don't know if we knew this before, but that tape Shinji mentions on the train that 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 tape player was Gendo's. Yeah, and he got rid of it. So, yes, uh, we we did mention that in okay. a previous episode at some point. Okay, but continue. Uh, just wanted to make sure that that point was made because I think it's important because Shinji makes a comment about, you know, well, Gendo was done with it and throw it, threw it away. And, you know, so kind of like he does with people. So he, he sees, you know, his behavior um, yeah. and that, you know, he uses that. He, he mentions how cruel the world is, you know, the world is just a cruel place. And so I put this, these headphones on, I put this tape on, so that I can drown out the rest of the world. And I think we've all felt that way at some point. And, you know, especially music for a lot of people helps you escape. And I think that's one of the things, you know, that's relatable about Shinji. What's, Even though it's it's a cassette player, which, you know. What's but, Shinji listening to, Allison? What's he li- listening to uh, to drown out the world? I knew you were going to ask me this, and I don't know the answer. I I'm, should not no. What would you? What do you think? What he do would I be think? listening to? What would you be listening to? I'm thinking he's listening to some Soundgarden. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you All know right. what I would be listening to? Yeah, I don't think Shinji's listening to. The... I doubt it. I doubt it very much. Uh, maybe what else would he like? The cranberries. Maybe I'm trying to pick stuff that I know that he's not listening to, or like I know that you know he listens to you know, those game soundtracks that we talked about and, you know, some classical Mm -hmm. tunes. So I'm trying not to pick that, um, but other things that modern Shinji might listen to um, besides the Cranberries and Soundgarden. Pearl Jam. Um, Do you think he'd be a fan of Alanis Morissette? I don't know. Absolutely. (laughs) He's got that jagged little pill on repeat. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he's living irony right now. So, yeah, ironic might be fitting. <laughs> uh, oh, where were we? Oh, Ray poses the question if he ever really tried to understand his father. Yeah. Um, and this is such a tough little thing, especially... In, the, in these films because we don't have as much backstory and we don't know if we can use the information from the series in here um, but you know we know that the breaking off point between Shinji and Gendo is uh, you know tumultuous 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 man English is freaking hard <laughs> <laughs> damn right especially on the fly this isn't scripted people the, pop these lines out like nothing we're making up these words as we go along. <laughs> I'm trying to sound it out. <laughs> um, but, you know, Gen- like, Shinji... Obviously, Gendo wasn't a great dad. Gendo, or Shinji ran away, but also Gendo didn't go after him. 
either in the series. So it's like a they're both wrong ish. They're um, both they're both looking for the other to do something that the other is not capable of doing at this point. And I think too that um yeah I, I wondered why it is that Ray asks him if he ever thought, of, you know, to try to understand his father. And I can think to myself, you know, when I was that age, you want to understand. You just want them to get you and you want them to, you know, pay attention to you and spend time with you. Like, it's not up to a child of that age to understand their parent. Yeah, and that's just my personal opinion. Now, as you get older and you, you, you know, have your own experiences and you can relate more as an adult then yeah maybe those maybe trying to understand that parent makes more sense but in this case i thought that was an odd question i mean we know where it's coming from because of who it is and you know she is trying to repair this relationship between them but i just thought that was was kind of an unfair ask of shinji as at his age with what he's been through to ask him to understand what's going on in the mind of a crazy adult absentee father perhaps but, I mean, Ray spent a considerable amount of time with him. So, I wonder if she understands him. And furthermore, I wonder if... This question of asking if he ever tried to understand his dad, I wonder if the question is to point out that if he did understand his father, that he would, A, um, be able to interact with him more efficiently or change things so that, you know, they are more likely to work out or be if he understood his father better then he would know to not put get his hopes up not not try and expect things from him learn to you know move on to different people different things better things Mm -hmm. um since obviously since gendo's not gonna you know reciprocate that Mm mm-hmm no, yeah, you're right, and I and and yeah, that especially the second one, you, you make a good point. I just I think it's unfair um, to ask a kid who's just looking for love from his father to try to understand why he's not getting it. I just don't think that's fair. But it would be helpful to know that that's absolutely true um, in a lot of different for a lot of different reasons. But I just think that that's kind of a it's a big ask. Yes, it is a big ask. Unfortunately, I don't think Ray is particularly well known for her bedside manner. <laughs> true. True. She seems to get right to the point. <laughs> Man, I wanted to go to that dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> but she has a single spoon in that apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I wonder what uh, they were going to have, vegan ramen? <laughs> I don't know, because she had a big-ass pot. I wonder if she yeah. was vegan ramen. Maybe. Some veg, some veggie ramen, possibly, maybe? because she is a vegetarian, right? Didn't we we yep. discovered that about her? That is still consistent. Yeah, there we go. So we move on to the cleanup operation, um, in this uh, technical term for this situation, uh, clusterfuck. <laughs> um, this this poor town is just freaking drenched in blood. Destroyed. <laughs> no. Destroyed. You imagine waking up and there's a giant-ass hand in your backyard. <laughs> right, or you see a crane lifting a femur above yeah. the ground. Like, like, why is there a pancreas <laughs> in the street? <laughs> is that an intestine on my car? Like, what? What happened? Uh. <laughs> 
Uh, and this is where we see Asuka in her, like, it looks like somewhere we would store radioactive material. Yeah. But Asuka's down there, and there's, like, there's, like, radiation, like, rods sticking out. Like, if she were, <laughs> like, a viewing window. Of, yeah, I feel like, if, like, like, she was, like, a superhero that had, like, superpowers that they had to, like, contain, and that's where they put them. Like, that's where, kind of where she is. Mm-hmm. She's got a little ventilator hooked up to her. I'm not sure if she would prefer to be in that hospital bed or the one that she's in in End of Evangelion. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I would guess that. <laughs> Probably. That would be my guess. Um, that would be my preference. <laughs> um, and if y'all haven't seen the third movie after this, just skip ahead like 15 seconds or cover your ears or something but i'm wondering if this this battle is where she gets her eye hurt and that's where her eye patch comes from perchance 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 all right well welcome back everybody (laughs) stepped away for (laughs) that little segue um this is shinji gets brought up to the kabbalah cave to be reprimanded for his Crimes against Nerf. Um, His treasonous behavior. Yeah, featuring three handcuffs for this 14-year-old child. <laughs> <laughs> Two is just not enough. No. Fuck uh, you, Shinji. We only <laughs> had three, but we're using them all. <laughs> yep, yep. You don't get a lot of action down here. The Nerf Pyramid security doesn't get a lot of action. No, they don't. Um, you know, in Shinji's tells Gendo, you know, he doesn't want to pilot anymore. He's he's Audi. Peace. It's been real. Um, and Gendo, you know, says once again, you are running away. But Shinji says, whatevs. Don't care. I'm out. Well, I think one of the last things that Gendo says to Shinji is that he needs to grow up. <laughs> to which I thought, what exactly does it mean to grow up? I mean, it, it, these kids have been forced to do things that you wouldn't require adults to do or that no adult has done. Um, that's pretty grown up. Have you not been asked to kill your best friend before? <laughs> I mean, only that standard. one, only that one time. No. Um, but it's just like, and, and he uses that term, but I feel like he's really saying, get on board. You know, like growing up, that's that's a that's kind of a cop out to him, it, or at least to me, to say that about Shinji, because in a lot of ways he's had to grow up very quickly. These kids have been put in situations that no kid should ever be put into. So they've been forced to grow up in a lot of ways. But on the other hand, they need time and experience to be able to develop into adults. So to ask them to grow up like that, I feel like it was more him like commanding him to get on board. I see. I see. I see. Well, I think I you. I'm glad that you said that because I've oh, fuck Siri. That's shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief! She's dying to talk. He just on our wants podcast. to help me out. <laughs> Need to get an Alexa or something. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so I guess you, you made me think of a few things. First of all, if it were Ray or Asuka in the position of Unit 1, do you think that they would have fought, um, the Angel if Shinji or Ray? 
were the ones in there. Hmm. That's a very good question. And I don't know that the outcome would have been the same because Shinji does it despite his father. You know, I mean, as, as a rebellious act, I think part of it, that's part of it. Um, I think the feelings that he has for both of them are big, a bigger driver. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I don't think the outcome would have been the same. Do so you think that they would have fought? Mm, I don't think they would have been successful. They probably would have fought, but they they wouldn't have prevailed because I think the the rage inside Shinji and the um, what had happened to him was the driver and how he was able to force himself to really take some action. I wonder. I feel like I'm not sure about Asuka. I'm not comfortable enough to give my opinion on what Asuka would do. I think Ray would try her best, but I think that she would ultimately lose because I think at first she'd at least be hesitant to start fighting because it's Shinji. And when we saw her hesitate to shoot the angel when Toji was in there. So if it was Shinji, I don't think that she would um, be on her A game. And so I think she'd be pulling her punches to an extent and would probably lose. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Asuka. As for asking... Shinji to grow up and this is just a thought I just had I wonder it's obviously Gendo doesn't place any respectable or realistic um, expectations on Shinji or the children but I wonder if Gendo doesn't see himself in Shinji and I don't sense that Gendo likes himself or much of anything other than Yui. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he sees a little bit of himself in Shinji and, and therefore, you know, has this even more unattainable expectation of him and almost resentment towards him. Um, and we, like, see it here. Because obviously, Shinji's not going to see the situation like Gendo does where, you know, it's it's either you fight and we win or we don't and we all die. You know, for Shinji, it's just... You're asking me to kill one of my best friends, and I'm not going to do that. Um, I don't know if that really answers any questions or is uh, worth listening to, but it's at least a thought to ponder, I suppose. Oats. Um, But as Shinji leaves, the dummy plug gets instated as the pilot for Ava Unit 1. Um, and this is, you know, this is Shinji. Shinji's leaving now. Ray pulls the cassette player out of the garbage. Um, so Shinji said, fuck that cassette player. I don't like music anymore. I'm going to go get an iPod. <laughs> um, you know, Kensuke and Toji left front messages for him on his phone. And, and that's, I feel like that's so small. And overlooked, but like a big deal, especially in the series where, you know, imagine how different things would have been if Toji had called Shinji in the second or third episode. And, you know, and in this one, we know that they're they're pretty close friends and they do things together. You know, they wait up for him on the escalator. They go to the freaking SeaWorld place together. They hang um, out in the basketball they court. They hang out in the basketball court together. Um, 
And for him that just like, I mean, he's just like abandoning everything here. And he, I mean, yeah, it sucks, you know, the piloting and everything is like, but you know, you're leaving. I mean, who, who you're leaving everybody in your life. You don't have anyone to go to. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's it's really sad. And it also seems like the world's going to shit. So you would think that you would want to stay with people that you cared about, but he doesn't seem to care. And no. I mean, this whole situation has really pushed him to his limit. Yeah, and I feel like he's just so clouded by rage that he's just nothing's getting through to him. Mm-hmm. We see Asuka's doll is in a sealed box on her bed. Um, and you know, just that you know, we saw just trying to talk him out of leaving, and he steps out just as Misato goes to reach for him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's just the way that they edit that scene. It's very, I feel like it kind of smacks you in the face. Yeah, there was a couple impactful things there. Um, one, Pen Pen is there and he gives his little whelp in the middle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but Miss Emma's talking to him about fathers and, you know, her reason for getting involved in her relationship with her father and how sometimes um, people are trying to live their lives vicariously through their children. And, you know, she, she made that point. And I think that might go back to your point about, you know, Gendo being frustrated with Shinji, you know, because he, he has this expectation for who he should be because he's his son. And, you know, I have this ambition, therefore you should have this ambition. And, you know, you, you, you put your own shit on your kids and that's not there. That's not them. It's not who Shinji is. And that, I think is, is a big, it's a big deal. And it, and their father, their relationship with their fathers, both Masam and Shinji have, have developed them into who they are. So her little speech. And then at the end, I thought it was a bit ironic, you know, when we last see Asuka, she realizes, Oh, I can laugh. I can have these human emotions. And then Shinji's last words to Masam were, I'll never laugh again. Like, and it's just, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, it was, like, so full circle impactful. Like, here's somebody waking up to the fact that they can do it, and here's someone accepting the fact that they'll never do it again. I just thought that was really impactful. Yeah, I mean, mean, obviously, it's it's very serious, you know, his actions and what they mean, but, I mean, leave it to Shinji to say some of the most dramatic lines ever. (laughs) I mean, there was probably a little lame-ass tear coming down that I probably missed, but whatever. <laughs> uh, when he walks out of that door and Misao misses him by that much, it was like, Oof. Yeah, it's Oof. like the hand just reaching yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Reaching out. Oh, stop. Um, but, you know, Shinji gets on his little train to leave, and, you know, this is where the next angel pops up, and he's like, ah. Oh. Shit, here we go again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time to mm-hmm. go to my little evacuation area. Yeah, and like, you know, warning bells are going off. Everybody's being evacuated. It's not safe to be anywhere. Yeah, and if you thought things were crazy now, trying to crank up that knob, the ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> ludicrous. <laughs> go! <laughs> oh my God. It's been so long since I watched that. Oh, God, what a classic. They've gone to plan. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mari is piloting Unit 2, or digging it out of its little storage cell, mm-hmm. hacking it, whatever you want to call it. We also see Kaora suiting up on the moon. 
Yes. Real quick. Yes, we do. Um, so hot damn. Hotty boom body. Mm-hmm. Hotty alert. Yeah, Casanova getting ready. <laughs> uh, this angel, um, the tenth angel. It still bothers me that we don't have the names in the movies. I know. I know. They were so cool. Anyways, the tenth angel pops up. Um, is that what I just said a second ago? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, you know, we know we know which one it's supposed to be from the series, but obviously it does have a little bit of a design difference. It pops up wrapped up like a mummy. Um, and it's got like a bunch of long appendages that are kind of like arms, tentacles, kind of like the rappy ribbon things it had before, but it has uh, more than one, and its chest is got like a little rib cage, and yeah, it doesn't it have his very, stubby little legs. And it's a very pronounced rib cage, more so yeah. on this one than, than the previous. And I miss his little stubby legs. Yeah. Because well. they were like little <laughs> Mr. Krabs legs, and they were so cute. Um... So Mari starts going after that angel. I love how Misato was going down the like escalator thing, and Unit Two just fucking up. shoots up. <laughs> hey, what? What the fuck? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and probably after the initial shock, she was probably pissed. Like I didn't authorize that. Like what are you doing? Yeah, and she's been Jay chilling in Tokyo. What the hell has she been doing in Tokyo Three all this time? <laughs> I don't know. Eating a lot of ramen? I'm I not guess sure. so. Just Watching sightseeing. The birds. She probably went to that little bar that Ritsuko likes to go to. The laser beam bar. Um, but Mari's got some got some skills. She's, she's legit. Yeah, she's, she's like legit. an acrobatic up there. She fires those super freaking cool shoulder spikes that we see in uh, End of Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this angel is its AT field is OP. It's yeah. freaking crushing shit with that. Yeah, it's it's and they keep repeating that this is the strongest attack they've seen yet, and the most you know the most devastating so far. So I mean, it takes all whatever like seventeen, nineteen layers of their armor and freaking city in one hit, and it's like boom. I'm in the geo yep. front. What about it? And the um, reach and the reach on those flappy arms is mm-hmm. just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um. And we'll see this later as well, but I love how they use AT fields in these series. They're so versatile. They're so mm-hmm. powerful. Um, and they're much more pronounced mm-hmm. and, you know, like defined. Like before it was like these like white, you know, and you could tell it was something, but now it's more like like this prism effect that I think is way more pronounced and makes it for a cooler visual. And so you can really kind of see what it's doing. Yeah, like when it goes to attack... Mari and she dodges it and it just like crushes the ground like like that like a flat soda can yeah you know and she, even she's like oh damn this, yeah. <laughs> this thing is legit <laughs> um but yeah um they're trying to start up the dummy plug in unit one but it gets refused you know Gendo excuses himself in classic Gendo fashion Mm. And seeing as things are not going super well, um, Mari's going to enter some cheat codes into Unit 2 and, you know, pop this thing off the hinge. Yeah, she's going full-on beast mode right now. Mm Mm-hmm. She puts in a little, uh, 
backdoor code called the boost or I like to call it doggo mode um and you know it's like it what is it R- removes the what are the things called that keep it on lock um she gets rid of those whatever those are the, re- yeah. the restrictors or whatever the constraints the restraints constraints. yeah she's like fuck those things get those out of here yeah um you know, they, they, they shoot out of its back and they, like, screw around and pop back in and, you know, we jut out some freaking canines out of that mouth and start running on all fours like a Yeah, like a puma. Animal. Yeah. yeah. I went at that thing. <laughs> um, which is cool, but I mean, yeah. it doesn't and work. She's like, yeah, but she's, like, ripping and tearing oh, yeah. and, like, her her... You can see, like, she goes green, right? Like, there's, like, something green on her chest. And all of a sudden, it lights up, and her eyes go green, and everything just goes into, like, craze mode. And she's just clawing and ripping, and, like, and it's just very... Yeah, and Ritsuko gives some info about, you know, how she's risking contamination. And I think, I mean, they don't don't take the time to really talk about it that much, but I think it's this, uh, this, like... Risk reward thing you can do if you have the knowledge. Obviously, Ritsko was aware or should have been aware of this possibility, but where you can you can gain extraordinary power at the risk of your own health. Um, and I think that you know this is just speculation here, but I'm assuming when you do one of those backdoor codes, and maybe particularly this one, you know you when you're in the plug, I think you get closer to the bottom. And that's, you know, get more dangerous when you get down there. And I think that's, like, what she does. And I think it it really shows the very uh, carnal connection that the pilot and the Evangelion have, um, you know, to activate and maneuver that mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, nevertheless... Its arms get cut off, or its arm, and she gets, its kappa gets detated. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Sure does. (laughs) And then this is when Ray's like, all right, my time to shine. Pops out of that elevator like yep. she's a fucking performer on stage with a big ass rocket. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, she says she knows she's going to. not messing around. Uh, no, she's going to fuck shit up. Nope. And she said, you know, she's going to do it so that he never has to pilot again. You know, I'm like, yeah, go Ray. You do it up. Not just yep. doing, not just doing it to, so you can die. You're doing it for. Good, good selfless reasons. That's called character growth. <laughs> we love to see it. Noble and, cause. Know, yeah, you know, as they're ripping at the AT field, the angel, you know, she throws Mari away to save her. And, you know, that's when, you know... <laughs> Yeah, and they, they essentially work as a team, you know, to get in there. Like, I, I feel like it's Mari that gets all the way through to the last layer, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> Ray shoves that that rocket in there. And so, you know, like we'd seen in the past, you know, these, these uh, uh, coordinated attacks, even though they really hadn't 
coordinated anything, they're in there getting shit done. And, you know, Ray was going to do it. And she was kind of on a suicide mission. I feel like that's why she was that confident. She was going to do it no matter what. So either help me or get the fuck out of my way. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, if we can take into account what she says later, I mean, she's she's aware that she's a clone at this point. Um, so, you know, when she takes uh, when she goes out to do that, she she knows the risks. I caught your sigh, mm-hmm. so at least that's working. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can always count on that. <laughs> Um, but, you know, the angel uses its little shieldy thing, rocket doesn't work, and then the angel protrudes this really weird Beetlejuice-esque mouth out of itself and eats the top half of Unit 1 and Ray along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then this is where it transforms into our Ray-Lilith-Angel hybrid for the movie. It's like the upper half is Angel and the lower half is Ray. Yes. Um, and the first order of business on Ray Lilith Angel is fuck your pyramid. It's gone now. <laughs> it like turns its whoops its head around. It goes and that pyramid it's gone. Yeah. Gone. And everything starts falling through the roof and building parts are everywhere and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dummy plug's getting rejected. Gendo's like, why are you rejecting me now? This is the worst time. I kind of need this right now. Um, oh, I also failed to mention that Mari grabs Shinji from the shelter, begrudgingly. That was kind of an interesting scene, I thought. Because here we've got everybody cleared out of there. It's just Shinji sitting alone in this giant, like, what looks to be some sort of bomb shelter or warehouse mm-hmm. or something and you know she she comes in and she starts throwing a lot of truth bombs on him <laughs> you know like why aren't you out here kid we're all here you know getting our arms chopped off and you're here huddled in a corner like why are you doing that yeah and someone might tell him to grow up exactly <laughs> so you know and and she doesn't know shinji well at all and and you know her questioning him i mean she's throwing some real truth at him like get the fuck out of here and help us like, yeah, she's like you know what to do so i thought myself. that was kind of <laughs> we're gonna go for a little ride yeah i'm just gonna lift you up yeah you know, uh, getting, the, gonna getting, my palm, getting the palm step my over what i assume to be kaji's watermelon patch and drop you right <laughs> off <laughs> Because it looks very well maintained. Yeah, and you know, this is this scene is pretty similar to how it goes in the series with Shinji um, confronting Gendo. Um, you know, stating that he's the pilot of Ava Unit One. He's Shinji Ikari, and he wants to do this, and he's gonna do this, and you know, you no know, ifs, ands, or buts about it, Mister. And um, yeah. Shinji with some balls. We like to see it. Now, I'm not um, not usually one to find Shinji uh, attractive by any means, really. But when he's going crazy in this Evangelion, when he starts off, whoa. <laughs> the energy he is giving off. Yeah, yeah. He's got those macho vibes going. Mm-hmm. She, he saves Misato just like he did before. You know, he loses, the Evangelion loses its arm. And um, he's still throwing yeah. ET fields, one arm, just killing it. 
uh, Gendo gets, you know, the blood splatter all over his face <laughs> and torso. <laughs> Oops. Yep. I'll just rinse that out if anyone has a tide to go or something. <laughs> um, but, you know, we shoot back up to the surface, and, you know, this is where... Shinji very assertively states that, you know, he, I want Rei, give her back. And he's fucking losing his mind over there. Yeah, he's singularly focused at this point. And this is where we get this super cool transformation of Unit 1 from purple in, you know, this, like, bright green to purple in this really cool shade of red. Yeah. This glowing red. Um, he... Like, doesn't he, like, heal his arm. He, like, generates this, like, light arm, and there's a freaking halo, and his AT field is off the charts. Off the charts, yeah. He's just, he knows. It's like his, his art is AT fields, and he's been at it for three decades. He knows if what's there going was, on. If there was a gauge for AT field, that shit would be going round and round and round. Mm-hmm. Just. Yeah. Um, you know, he goes he goes off on this angel, and uh, he takes no prisoners. And he gets right up to the the core of the angel and starts doing his summoning ritual to get Ray out. Um, you know, it's and it's hard to when I mean, we know what's happening. But if we were to, like, if someone were to be like, explain exactly what's happening in this scene, it's a little difficult. <laughs> it, you mean, like, what it's representing? Like, no, in terms of, like, him at the bottom of the plug, maybe, at this, like, he can tell he's at, like, a barrier or a wall in this blue part. And on the other side is assumingly the angel's core and that's where Ray is mm-hmm. and he's trying to breach that barrier and he, he makes it through and grabs her and his like skin falls off while he's in there but not really because it's back afterwards I think <laughs> yeah. um, and I think it's like Ray was in a smaller core that was within the angel's core because I think he rips a small red like orb out of the bigger one. Yes, he um, does. and that's that's the one that that Ray's in. So I mean, he gets he gets his wish, um, and in doing so, you know, is triggering third impact. <laughs> Oops, you know. Um, I. I and this is going to be difficult because I, I don't know why I thought this, but All I right, feel like, hit me. <laughs> I feel like. Um, so when Shinji is is like going down this like it almost to me looks like this like like he was going down a birth canal you know and like the way he comes out to get ray and he just like sticks his arm in and it's almost like you know he's reaching in to get that life and pull it out and that's what it that's what i pictured when that was happening so when you said that you know if you were to describe this happening to someone it's it's almost like a birth in a way you know and i don't know i that's that's kind of the way i interpreted it and just the visuals and the way that it was uh, that's that's the first thing that came to my mind yeah i mean yeah i think that's i think i take it back i guess it's not that easy to explain 
Um, but I guess if you were going to explain it in technical terms, it might be more <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah, it's a sugar starting from scratch. But yeah, I uh, and just how she's like huddled down there in like the little fetal position and, you know, just kind of looks up at him. And at first you wonder, does she really want to be rescued? Does she really want to come out of here? Um, but then she reaches for Shinji and, and that's... Yeah, well, she probably was like, you know, I'm. This is it. He's not gonna be able to reach me. Mm-hmm. I failed. I'm just gonna cuddle up down here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this isn't regular Unit One. This is Divine Being Unit One, and Shinji wants Ray back, and Yui's gonna deliver. Uh, so you know, moved heaven and earth to make that happen. And I think at some point, Ray even mentioned, she's like, it doesn't matter. I'm not, uh, there are replacements for me. Like, yeah. uh, you don't have to save me. There's a replacement. And they just ignore that fact and go after her specifically. Yeah. And and we know that, you know, yes, there are replacements for Ray, technically. But this Ray that we have here has had development and progress. And it's not the same as just another Ray that we were to fire up. You know, that right. she is unique and you know, an individual. So, you know, it's losing her is losing something. Mm-hmm. And, and the connections that she had made to the people, you know, it, the next one would just be another shell. Yeah. She, she has filling inside of her, which the next ray would not. Yeah. Or it would just be a, a small remnant of it. You know, mm-hmm. the next ray is not going to have a nice little dinner party. Probably not Doubt for it. a while, at least. Doubt it. She's just calling people hags in the hallway. Yeah. Old hag. Um, <laughs> And, you know, the, it cuts off um, with Shinji beginning the third impact. And, you know, before the end of the world, effectively. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like somebody says, I think it's lab coat. Yeah, I've seen those wings before, 15 mm-hmm. years ago. Well, Sato's having some major PTSD. Yeah, yeah. Totes. It's like deja vu all over again. Did you watch to the end of the credits? Yes. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I did. So there's a very important post-credit scene that I feel like should have just been at the end of the film. Um, but it's not. It's at the end of the credits. Um, it is... We're looking down at the earth. We see the big red rings of the third impact starting and this little line just shoots down right directly at the center of it. And we get a sh- shot of unit one floating up doing its thing. And the spear comes freaking flying at it, pierces its chest, gets stuck in the ground and unit one falls. Um, and it's Kaora in unit six floating down. And he says, I'll show you true happiness. And then it cuts the black. Yeah. Damn. True happiness, huh? Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, <laughs> nudge. That's right. <laughs> that Casanova never disappoints. Mm-hmm. He does not get a bad line. <laughs> no, he does not. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, so here we are. Third impact. Well, now I think they refer to this as near third impact since Kaura stopped it now. 
So, mm-hmm. but that's and it. And there we have, yeah, there we have the end of 2.22. Um, so it has been so much fun covering these rebuild movies. We're going to do it one more time. We are going to be covering 3.33. You cannot redo so look for that new episode it's probably going to be a two-parter another two-parter because maybe even three maybe even three yes because there is a lot of content there's a lot of new things happening there's a lot of possible speculations as to what is being foreshadowed for us so many questions so we will definitely have multiple episodes dare i say four episodes i don't know maybe it might happen if you want to get crazy, in, let's get crazy. In the first and second one, we have a lot of familiar material. And in this third one, it's just not there. It's all new. Yep. So we might need at least three or maybe four episodes that cover it. I I would definitely agree with that because we're going to have we're going to have a lot to discuss. I feel like, you know, we've we've seen a lot of some of the same things. We're going to get a whole new take on stuff and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So, definitely tune in next week for part 1 of we'll say four of the coverage could be 10 who knows uh of the of the coverage of 3.33 again you cannot redo um go out do yourself a favor get this movie watch it and then listen to this podcast um for all of you who continue to listen to this podcast and enjoy it we appreciate it appreciate it appreciate it um please if you can uh leave us a review rate us whatever you can do um get a friend to listen to us that would be fantastic um we really hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as we enjoy making it um i am one of your hosts allison and with me as always the virtuous nick Mm, i like that one i think i'll agree with that one to an extent good i'm glad awesome Alright, folks, well, until next time. Until next time.